Spoiler alert. You're listening to the Comics Online Podcast. Season 13. Episode 23. Starship Smackdown. Recorded live at WonderCon 2013. This episode consists of Starship Smackdown. We return to our usual format next episode. Again and welcome to the Comics Online Podcast, Season 13, Episode 23. I'm your host, Kevin Goswan, and with us today is Marianne Butler. And this is a very special episode. This isn't your usual talking about everything geek pop culture. This is Starship Smackdown at WonderCon 2013. Marianne, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this particular episode that we will have here is the Alien Armageddon branch of the Starship Smackdown. Now, what it is, is imagine a fantasy football bracket, but for Starships. So all of those arguments you've ever had about if the Enterprise could, you know, kick the ass of the Millennium Falcon, these guys talk about it. And so you have, like, you know, eight brackets per side. You fill it with starships. And once it gets down to the final, like, two ships per side, you assign a random captain to it. So you can get things like Captain Crunch on... (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Captain Crunch on the Italian cruise liner that flew on its side that, you know, fell over on its side. Oh, so that would be a bad (laughs) pick. So that's that's one of them. And then uh, once you whittle it down to the final two ships with the final two captains, you get to assign a random computer to it. And then the fun begins. I mean, it's pretty awesome the entire way through. And so this is our to, 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 for clarification for our listeners. This is uh, this is a thing that happens at various conventions over the course of a year. About how often does this happen, and how long has it been going on? They do it at both Comic-Con and WonderCon. It started at Comic-Con. I'm actually looking up to see what number of panel that was. I remember this going on a long time ago. I, I My guess is it's probably, well, certainly more than 15 years old, probably more than 20. Oh, God, that means I was probably not born when this started. Oh, shut it, you. <laughs> That's Demi here with us as well. I didn't. In, I didn't introduce her. I'm sorry, but uh, but anyway. That's so, what you get. I know. Aww. Um. So Starship Smackdown. I know I have been to one, and it was a long time ago. Um, last, I think I, so last year it was the 10th anniversary. So this what? year it is the 11th year they've done it. Are you sure? Yes. That's what their website says. All right. It seems like that's that's been going on longer than that, but because uh, I was pretty sure that that was going on back when I was still with Comic-Con International back in, I guess, my last year was 99, so. Could very well be. They might just be talking about the WonderCon side of it. Okay. But, uh, so so they start with brackets. They just put put a board up or put a projection up yeah. on, on the wall. They, and they do it with the board. Uh, they didn't have the Orion Slave Girl at this WonderCon that they had the last two times we saw them keeping like score, but... Yeah. Oh. I'm One of the lovely actresses from Femme Fatales on uh, Showtime or Cinemax. Cinemax, excuse me. I'm going to get smacked for that. How's that but, pronounced? Uh, I, thought Femme, a, I thought there was a K sound. Femme Fatales. No, on no, the channel. Fin. 
Skinamax. Are you sure? I'm not sure. Okay, it's I'll shut up. The Skinamax side of things. It's pretty fun, though. Mm. But one of the actresses from that show will become the Orion slave girl to do the scorekeeping. There's pictures of it on Comics Online Facebook page. Sweet. That's facebook.com slash comics online. Um, all right, so that sounds awesome. So uh, my next question for you is, how how do they randomly generate? So they have a huge, like, uh, what? How how do they randomly generate a uh, a captain for these uh, for these ships? Well, so the panel itself is sponsored by Geek Magazine, uh-huh. and they have a special, you know, think of it as like a centerfold in the magazine that has scale pictures of physical models of these various ships, mm-hmm. and that's how they pick what ships get uh, included in the contest-ish, if you want to call it a contest. Sure. But... Normally, the panelists will all pick a ship, and at a certain point, they will start asking for suggestions from the audience, or at least they did when we saw it at uh, Comic-Con last year and WonderCon last year. But this one that just happened at WonderCon was Alien Armageddon, where they did it with aliens instead of airships. Okay. Um, so that none of these were human vessels, then? Correct. Well... I think Moya was in there, wasn't she? Yeah. I can see Bill nodding his head as he's not, you know, actually <laughs> on here. But I believe Moya was one of the vessels slash aliens slash vessel. So this year was the, the, the 10th anniversary of it. And um, so is, is that the entire setup? Do we need to know anything else before we uh, listen to that audio? No, that's pretty much it. It's just uh, think of a bunch of experts in the field, such as folks that have worked, written on Star Trek and various uh, uh, versions of the Clone Wars for Star Wars. We have BSG folks. We have Ashley Miller, who wrote Thor and, and Avengers and X-Men First Class. We have Robert Meyer Burnett, writer-director of Free Enterprise. We have Mark Altman, who also did Free Enterprise, uh, fantasy sci-fi author Kay Riddell, who is the only woman on the panel, and she's pretty awesome. I can okay, keep going. Ashley, Ashley is a man? Yes, Ashley Miller. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, and so, so these folks uh, all comprise like a bank of judges who, who decide which, uh, which craft or which team uh, moves on. Yeah, exactly. Right. They all get to argue their points, and then uh, before a victor is chosen for that bracket, they all have to agree, and whoever gets the most votes ends up moving on to the next round. All right. Well, that sounds cool. Uh, So you ready to listen to it now? Yeah. All right, listeners. I hope you enjoy. Um, This is is quite long. Uh, It was about two hours. It is an hour and 58 minutes. Probably. Yeah. Uh, So, you know. Give it a listen. You might love it, and uh, otherwise, we'll see you next episode. Listen, while we're trying to work out the audiovisual, and Corey's going to be bringing uh, issues of the magazine around, I want to introduce our panel, because maybe at least they can entertain you with a song or something. Stepping out to Eden. So without any further ado, uh, our alienologist, 
uh, writer for the Clone Wars, uh, Transformers Prime, and a Daytime Emmy Award nominee, not for his acting, Mr. Steve Melching. Producer of the Star Trek, the visual effects producer of the Star Trek The Motion Picture uh, Director's Cut, uh, as well as a uh, leading uh, conceptual illustrator and production illustrator in Hollywood. He's also the man who created all the amazing graphics you're not going to see today. Um, <laughs> Mr. Darren Docterman. Making a return engagement to Anaheim after uh, refusing to ever sit foot in San Diego again. We're glad to have you. Um, the uh, writer um, of such notable films as Thor, X-Men First Class, and the upcoming Starship Troopers adaptation of Robert Heinlein's acclaimed novel, Mr. Ashley Miller. my problem that I'm not as confused as Nigel. <laughs> um, the executive editor of Geek, which is presenting today's panel, as well as the author of the music of Star Trek and one of the producers of the fab Star Trek The Complete uh, music from the original series, Mr. <laughs> Jeff Bond. Oh, it looks like we have a winner. And uh, Bush, of course, uh, a man who's been on the panel since day one. I don't think he's ever missed a SmackDown. Um, he's been with us in body, not always in mind. Um, the writer uh, and director of Free Enterprise, producer of The Hills Run Red, and the acclaimed new Blu-ray Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's time to dim the lights. It's time to Mr. the wrong way for Aaron Ratner, if you're here, can you dim the lights, please? Because we do have uh, we we have a screen now. So, uh, can we have the lights in the arena down sixty percent? Uh, I have two more panelists uh, to introduce. Um, she's been a writer on such series as The Twilight Zone, not the 1950s Twilight Zone, but she'd be like 90 now. Um, and also Scooby Doo, Millennium, uh, one of our favorite uh, alienologists, Miss Kay Rindell. You can't see her, but she's beautiful. And last but not least, he created the Red Star, soon to be a major motion picture from Warner Brothers. He uh, was the inventor of the two-sided lightsaber in Tales of the Jedi. He's worked on such movies as an illustrator as uh, King Kong. And just an all-around nice guy, Mr. Christopher Gossett. You can't tell me that's a one-sided lightsaber. Okay, and then our final panelist, you may know him from the upcoming TV show Cosmos, and uh, he is a noted astrophysicist. That's a Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, poor panel! No, I'm kidding! You never know, though! <laughs> You'll just For have to you imagine that he's... Who were in San Diego, you get it, and those who weren't in San Diego, that wasn't very funny. Okay, um, and last but not least, also... Um, 
uh, one of the editors at Geek Magazine who will be helping us with our um, brackets today. Um, she also chose the masquerade yesterday, Miss Nikki Griffin. everybody for being here today on Easter Sunday. Uh, hopefully we have a real treat. Um, you may be familiar with uh, Starship Smackdown. This is the, the spin-off, the Deep Space Nine, if you will. This is, uh, this is the ropers of Starship Smackdown. That's right. But not the aftermath. Joni loves Chachi. Um, but... <laughs> We'll Maybe see how it goes. Uh, it's Alien Armageddon. Now, uh, how many of you have been to a SmackDown before? Okay. So most of you know the rules. Um, I'll tell you uh, the short. Alien Armageddon very much likes Starship SmackDown. Um, we will enter uh, various different aliens into the competition. We'll compete in a succession of brackets until we determine who the winner of the competition is. Our panel of expert alienologists are here to help us understand the pros and cons of the competitors and make the decisions that will allow us to render the final verdict. And unlike io9, we will not render uh, Doctor Who beating Star Trek, the original Star Trek, in our competition. <laughs> Did anybody read that? I know that you're all like Doctor Who fans, but it beat the original Star Trek? Really? Come on. It's crazy. That's insanity. And, 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 and uh, uh, hopefully Starship uh, Smackdown will return in, in San Diego. But we want to do something a little different, and uh, you'll be the judge. So, without any further ado, and again, thank you to whoever brought us the, the little dongle. That sounds so wrong. Uh, who brought us I'm the connector? Who brought us the connector uh, for the iPad? We thank you. Um, I'm really glad this Darren put a lot of work into preparing this material. For you. Not all that much, but all right. He put a lot of work into preparing the material because we realized with some of the more esoteric stuff, uh, it's, it's always good to have video aids. So um, let's take a look at our first contestant. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is uh, perhaps uh, Ashley. You'd like to elucidate on uh, uh, the first contestant. Well, this is Sean Patrick Flannery in powder. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this is the engineer from Prometheus. No one knows who he was or what he was doing, <laughs> or or really anything at all. Well, perhaps you'll offer more insight as the competition uh, continues. <laughs> They're the same. Oh, no. By, by the way, <laughs> I we have, can somebody get Damon Lindelof on the phone to explain this? Uh, we need footnotes for this panel. He's wearing a diaper. <laughs> by the way, really buff. I just want to say, because um, I, I neglected to mention this in all the confusion, and I'm your host, Mark Altman. So. Uh, <laughs> Panels brought to you by Geek Magazine, and uh, which is back and better than ever. And other sponsors right. that you'll hear about during the contest. There you go. And we have several sponsors for today's uh, event. Steve, if you will, besides Geek, who else is bringing us today's event? Well, today's event is also brought to you by Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems, <laughs> where the future begins tomorrow. A growing, excited company. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Now, um, Darren, if you'll share with us the next contestant. <laughs> E.T., the extraterrestrial. Steve, can you tell us about what the virtues of E.T. might be during this battle? Uh, he's short, he's compact, uh, and he has a glowy finger. 
and he's, he's really good on a bike. And you can rest your drink on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and he also cross-dresses, which makes him fun at parties. <laughs> okay, Darren, uh, in addition to E.T., uh, joining the fight will be... <laughs> the Predator Bureaucrat. Bob Burnett. Can you uh, explain to us exactly uh, no, wait, the Predator? Get, get on the, 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 this is a very important Predator. This is, he's kind of like the Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction of Predators. Uh, he's sitting at home just relaxing on an average Predator day when he gets the emergency Predator signal from Earth and has to jump into the Predator car and hightail it to Earth to solve an important problem. Dude, I think that is actually the best pitch for a Predator movie ever. If he's like the wolf from Pulp Fiction and he has to show up and help him dispose of a body, that would be awesome. Who doesn't want to see that? Predator can work all over the galaxy. Versus Harvey Keitel. Okay, well, now we know uh, the, the Predator bureaucrat. Okay, next, uh, Darren, please unveil our next contestant. <laughs> Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Um, Rob Burnett, can you uh, tell us a little bit about how Doctor Who made it into Oh, this is the fourth Doctor, and I think one of the more fun Doctors. Uh, he can rock a scarf like no one's business. He never runs out of jelly babies. And he's got a great hat. <laughs> I mean, other than that, no children were harmed in the making 70s, of this talk. He's all about the 70s. And I just want to point out, I do believe that K-9 went pretty far in our robot rumble a few years ago. He did indeed. So um, it's good to have the doctor on board, our little TARDIS of love. Okay, move on, Darren. Our next contestant competing in uh, a round uh, will be Mr. Spock. Volcanian with a green-blooded heart of gold. Um, <laughs> what? So, uh, anyway, as Mr. Spock, as... Uh, as portrayed by Leonard Nimoy. Thank you. I was going to say that exactly the same way. So, uh, Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock from the planet Vulcan, our latest alien, who will... Um, if uh, who will speak for who Mr. Speak Spock? Darren, if you would be so kind. Well, Mr. Spock, he's a... Uh, you know, he's a great guy. We've known him for a long time. He won't get upset. He won't. Uh, he won't have a tantrum unless he's uh, under the influence of some sort of strange space disease. Darren, uh, I have a question though. Yes, he's only half an alien. Yeah. Oh, good point. Good I mean, point. I, I hate to one drop. And I hate to be the, the, and the bringer equal, and equal to a full dozen. <laughs> I just, I, I think the judges should rule. I mean, can a half alien compete in this, this competition? Yeah. <laughs> I think you have your answer, Rob. That's right. You can't discriminate on against him because his mother was human, Rob. Hey, Rob, he is an alien. Idic. He's an alien on two worlds, which makes him twice the alien. <laughs> He's the half-elf of aliens. Okay, well, Mr. Spock is staying in the competition, so say we all. Um, now, Darren, our next contestant will be for the coveted Army yeah. title, Maya, from the second season of Space 1999. Um, Robert Burnett, tell us about Maya. Well, not only is Maya already hot, but she's a Dorkon, if I remember correctly, which means she can transform herself into anything you want. So if you don't like red-haired girls, she become a brunette. Blonde. But she always has warts in her eyebrows. Or anything you might want her to be. And I think all women should be like Maya. 
fascinating. Yes. Thank you, Rob. Okay. And she has clothes designed by Bob Mackey. <laughs> and wasn't her father was her father John Reese Davies? No, her father was uh, Brian Blessed. Brian Blessed, that's right. Principal Tim. <laughs> we'll get to that. Mr. Uh, Mr. Dockerman, please reveal our next Armageddon contestant. Whoops. The 800-year-old Jedi am I, Mr. Yoda. Mr. Yoda. <laughs> they call him Mr. Yoda. And of course, this is the real Yoda, not the CGI Yoda seen in The Phantom Menace and subsequent iterations. Um, this is Yoda, and Yoda will be competing. So uh, anybody, uh, Chris, if you can tell us a little bit about why you're excited to see Yoda in the comic. Because we cannot judge him by his size. Although, if he's not the CG Yoda, he'll have a hard time wielding a lightsaber. But Stuck to the stage like that and all. But the non-CG Yoda doesn't need to fight with a lightsaber. Thank you, Darren. Absolutely. <laughs> Darren? Yes. Oh, yes. Kal-El, son. Oh. Son of Krypton. Ooh. Superman, Man of Steel. I call bullshit. He will be our next contestant. Mixed reaction there from the audience. Rob Burnett, you worked on uh, Superman Returns. Tell us why you're excited to see Kal-El in the competition. Well, you know, as long as he's fighting in our, the Earth's solar system, he's fine. You know, with, under the power of a yellow sun, he can kick real ass. But what's he going to do on Dagobah? Well, nothing. Rob, we're, 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 there. we're not, we're not quite mean, there yet, Rob. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that excited to see him. I think he's fairly useless. Well, you're a terrible I mean, uh, other than what Jonathan Kent told him, what's he going to do when he gets out in the real big bad universe? He's going to write an exciting expose for the Daily Planet. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> we now know he's a great fisherman. So, uh, let's, um, let's go. What about Orson Scott Card Superman? Okay, let's go to our next question. <laughs> <laughs> Matilda May, the space girl from Life Force. Ooh. A lot of Life Force fans here, right? Okay, Kay. Why? You're a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you think about uh, the Space Girls' chances in this competition? Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little offended by the inclusion of this, of this particular lady, <laughs> mostly because I know how Rob is going to react when speaking about her. Oh, I've just already reacted. You can't see it. <laughs> and, and I also, I also am terrified that she would go up against Maya because then we would lose Rob forever. <laughs> I want to object to the photo. <laughs> and what is it? That's not the real photo. I happen to know. This is a family panel. Yeah, you know what? Families have breasts. <laughs> By definition. But they keep them hidden as God intended them to be. <laughs> not my God. <laughs> so, so <laughs> um, Darren, our next contestant competing in the Arm Armageddon is. The blob. The blob. 
the blog. <laughs> Not a whole lot of support for the blog. Uh, Jeff, can you uh, give us a few words uh, about the blob? What we can expect from the blob? First of all, the blob is delicious. <laughs> Look at that cherry, delicious cherry flavors. I mean, the, the blob can ooze under doorways and absorb human flesh right down to the bone, and uh, it's just a, a lovable, crazy character. We, we, we love him. And, a lovable, crazy and, character. And in fact, we just had a meteorite explosion over Russia. Who knows if there, there could be millions of blobs there right now. <laughs> the blob as of last week is also in high depth. Okay, thank you. Um, Darren, if uh, you can um, show us our next contestant, please. Reveal the next contestant. Jeez. <laughs> I hate technology. Ah. From Starship Troopers, the brain bug. The brain bug. Now, uh, Ashley, you're writing the new Starship Troopers movie. I wouldn't call it a remake. It's an adaptation of the book. So, um, the brain bug. What do you expect from the brain bug in tonight's competition? Well, you know, I, I think that one thing that you can expect from this brain bug is the unexpected. Because what most of us don't expect from our brains is a gigantic anus positioned on the front. <laughs> and, uh, you know, anything. <laughs> really, <laughs> anything can happen. <laughs> All kinds of. Okay, we're gonna fight. We're gonna win. We're gonna fight. We're gonna. Uh, this is why we fight. Do you want to know more, <laughs> Darren? If you will. Yeah. War. War. Commander War. Despite having a bony, protruding forehead, he is a Klingon. And um, he is Worf from Star Trek Next Generation. Um, and he has digital watches on his shoulder. Okay, tell us what we can expect uh, from Worf from tonight's competition. What you're looking for from him as a contestant. Uh, what am I looking for from Worf? I guess for him to do the same thing he always does, which is pretty much just growl at everybody and, and be really unpleasant. Steve, do you have higher hopes than that from Worf? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Does K always speak for you, Steve? <laughs> um, okay, Lieutenant Commander Ward. Um, moving on. That was Steve's Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> Where's my Lindsville tribute? Jeez. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Now, some of you may wonder. Was Abraham Lincoln an alien? Of course not. We all know he was a vampire hunter. But on the planet Excalvia, on the planet Excalvia, a rock creature named Yarnek created an alien life form that portrayed Abraham Lincoln in the classic third season episode, The Savage Curtain. And we are here to redeem the reputation of that episode. So, Abraham Lincoln, hail to the chief, baby. Welcome to our competition. Um, we know what he went through. To Thank get. goodness we don't have an alien John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Chris Gossett. <laughs> Oh, I got nothing on Do you have any thoughts about what we can expect from the late president? This fantastic oratory. <laughs> fantastic oratory that may lull his enemies into a state where he can then do some shit he used on vampires. Stuff. Stuff he used on vampires. Forgive me. I'm a parent now. You can't say, help I'm me rob. Help me rob. What do you think? He is here to ensure that an Armageddon of the aliens, by the aliens, and for the aliens, shall not perish from the universe. Aaron, that was a great rock. Oh, now the aliens are created equal! 
Um, next, please. <laughs> the red electrodes. The red electrodes from Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. Jet Bond. Oh my God! You're right. They paid us to put them in the We welcome kickbacks all the time. We tried to say no, but then they spit spiders at us. Um, Jeff Bond. You know the red electrodes haven't been heard from in a long time. We've been waiting for them to make a return appearance. Uh, perhaps the World Crime League has foiled them. I don't know. But uh, what can you uh, tell us about uh, their strengths and weaknesses coming up in the competition? Tonight? Well, we know that their weak, great weakness is they don't like to have their name mispronounced. <laughs> that sends them into a, a homicidal fury. Uh, but uh, apart from uh, you know general megalomania, uh, I, they're very well adjusted and attractive race so I think we can hope to be charmed by them they'll charm their way into our hearts and that's how they defeat their enemies <laughs> okay uh, Darren next, uh, our next competitor Starman Starman the Starman Darren from the film of the same name Starman the big Starman his, uh, his first name is Bob Bob Starman <laughs> and, uh, he lives in Garden Grove. It's um, sometimes known as the Dude, uh, inventor of space paranoids, uh, seller of uh, batteries. That's a little obscure one because he does the voiceover for the battery commercial. And never mind. Um, yeah, no, he's going to be he's going to be great, and he's going to spend a lot of uh, a lot of moments battling, just sort of standing there and looking amazing. You know, we'll see what happens. And he's a spaceship that really ties the room together. Sure. Ashley, yeah. any thoughts about this? what we can expect from the Starman? Well, it's a very complicated case. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of ins and outs uh, for the Starman. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, a lot of ins and outs. Okay. I just wish he wouldn't say fuck so much. Hey, hey now, it's Easter. Uh, Jesus Christ! Okay. And the six day of Passover. Okay. Um, Darren, next contestant, please. Aha! Okay. Figrin Don. Of course, you know him better as a member of the Cantina Band, one of the most beloved musicians in the universe. You know, right under Miles Davis. And then there's. Finger our Dan. boy here. Finger and Dan. Okay, Steve Melching is a man who's actually spent time in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> what can we expect tonight from uh, this musical legend? Well, he, he was on Tatooine for a reason, and that reason was multiple homicide back then. <laughs> so, uh, he's hiding out, he's got... You laugh, but there was a whole trilogy of books written about his Yes, Finger and Dan uh, and, the, and his gang, the Modal Nodes, are uh, actually high-priced uh, assassins that travel the spaceways uh, taking any uh, job for hire. Is that true? Sure, why not? <laughs> yes. I mean, because apparently IG-88 had the consciousness of the Death Star and planted in him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, That's on. not canon. That's not canon. So, okay. But him and the brain bug make a handsome Fingering yeah. Dan. Okay, uh, next we're getting into our final contestants. Fingering Scarlett Johansson's ass. Scarlett Johansson's ass. I rise for Scarlett Johansson's ass. Um, Steve Melching. What? I don't think this is a real contestant. I don't think that qualifies. I don't think it meets our criteria. But it's out of this it's world, of this as world. the slide says. 
I, I really, I can't, I can't agree with this. I can't agree with this. I, I don't think it, uh, I don't even see how that would work in the competition. Well, fine. Her, fine. her ass is in human. Do we have a backup? Do we have, we do. <laughs> Mr. Alex. Okay. Well, I don't think Mr. Alex works because according to the rules we've established in previously SmackDown competitions, also cartoons and animated characters are not real. So, apparently, it cannot be part of an Alien Armageddon competition. All right. You've got a good point. I'm right? Am I yeah, right? you're right. You're absolutely I'm right. right. Okay. So Plus, he gave his love a cherry with that instrument. So, Do we, yeah. okay, so that's the last and of his our... Ass is well, this is... Unfortunately, Mark, this is the last of our slides. It's the last so of our slides. We're going to have to... Uh-oh. Okay, well, we're going to have to throw it out to the audience. One more slot, right? No, we no, can throw out one, though. We can throw out, we can eliminate one, one, um, one character and go to the audience for one, uh, one uh, suggestion. Um, if someone has an idea for an alien they feel has to be in the competition, we, I'd like to hear and then we'll decide who we will eliminate. You have had your hand up from, since the, the beginning of time. Go ahead. Al, Al's a good one. We talked about Soul. <laughs> we talked about Al. And no, 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 let's just get the light came on. That needs something. Let's leave the lights down. Let's leave the lights down. I can see, I can see in the dark. Yes. Let's do a cue from uh, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Cue from Star Trek Next Generation. Um, we'll keep that under consideration. An alien of great capacity. Alien Armageddon. You're going to have Giger's Alien. Giger's Alien. Well, that's interesting. Um, we do have the engineer. Yeah, what if Giger's Alien is already We have the engineer. So, uh, and, 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 but like you're right. right. And I'm surprised you remember the last Alien Armageddon because I don't. Yes, <laughs> yes please. 2007. I'm sorry? American Again, animated. animated. See, that, that's that by Not real. Criteria of the, uh, Not an actual alien. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, 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 you. I choose a Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Oh, oh that's a good one. Vladimir Harkonnen. Oh, the floating fat man. <laughs> he eats brain bugs like Ordeaux. Okay, uh, yep. Put the pick in there, Pete. The Xenomorph from the Alien franchise. Xenomorph from the Alien. We're getting a lot Already of alien been suggested. Love. We're getting a lot of alien love here. We should keep that in mind. Okay, yes. Black Lectroids. What, what? Black the Black We already Lectroids. have Lectroids fairly represented. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And they didn't pay us enough money to put both in. Yeah. <laughs> Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Howard the Duck. Steve Gerber would be glad to hear that. We have Pete Thompson at the height of her cat yeah. And hair. Excuse me? Yeah, from Red Dwarf. Yes. Oh, God. Ooh. Red Dwarf. Uh, we always get one of those, don't we? <laughs> We, yeah, I, I, with all due respect, none of us know anything about Red Dwarf, and we've, we've never included Red Dwarf before, and I don't think we're going to start now. <laughs> Klaatu. Uh, Klaatu, I think, would fall. Well, Klaatu would be an alien. Klaatu would be an alien. He's an alien. Yeah, okay. That's true. That's good. Um, yep. Oh, the Vogons. Okay, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's a good one, too. <laughs> they played the headlines, but they opened for... The what? The Rancor, Rancor Monster. Monster. Rancor Monster. That's right. <laughs> I think the Rancor Monster could too easily be killed. But uh, you, you, you know, you can uh, especially if there's any sliding doors anywhere. <laughs> Should he be dead on the Enterprise? I mean, he'd be gone. okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, critters, yeah. Okay, from critters. Okay, critters. Thing from John Carpenter's thing. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. We never talked about that. How do you know we already don't have the thing up there? <laughs> I know that. That's good, <laughs> Oh, is that the Voyager? That's the Voyager. That's the Voyager. 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 Voy
cartoon is not real. I always bring it up. Voyager, and you always know it's going to go down. It's always going to end this way. Voyager? That's really? a true fan right there. Yeah. It doesn't even know its own name. Right? <laughs> I'm not a number. But the Daleks without their shell. The Daleks without their shell. That's pretty yeah. much just a just an order. That's Doctor Who, also not real. Wait, no, he's in the competition. Okay, don't like yes, sir. Sandworms are doomed. Sandworms, yep. Yeah. The Borg. The Borg, yeah. Borg. But you know the problem with the Borg is they, they sort of absorb humans, so are they really aliens? Well, we already established that with Kelly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very nice. And Spock. Yeah, the beach ball on the alien. The beach boy. Oh, beach ball. ball. Oh, beach ball. I like the dark star. Because I think Brian Wilson is a little, you know, it could be an alien. Okay. Oh, Stargate. Come on, Carrie. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. You work for Dean. It's okay. Um, okay, yep. Back from Mac and me? Dude, yeah. Get out. Mac and Mac and me. E.T. would never go along with it. That was his greatest sense. There is a blood feud between them. Way in the back, way in the back. Yes, you. He's standing up, like, going like this. What, what, what? Killer Clowns. Oh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, I kind of respect that. I don't know if I would want to put it in a competition, but I respect that. That's good. That's one we haven't heard in a long, long time. Yeah, okay, let's do like five more. Yep. That's a breaking furnace. What, what? Dr. Frank. Yeah. Well, I like that. That is Dr. Frank. Him and Maya could do a great number. Yeah, but no, he's Rocky Horror Picture. He could cross dress with E.T. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, oh, I didn't go over here yet. Yep. Jeff Vine, who's the character from Enemy Mind? The Drax. Uh, the Drax. Drax. Yes. Jerry Bosch again, the Drax. The Drax, yes. The Drax. Yes. The Drax. Yes. The Drax. Okay. Yep. Chewy. Oh, did you say Star Child? The monolith from 2000. Oh, the monolith. The monolith. Yeah. Mm. Monolith. Okay. Interesting. 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 I, yeah, I don't know where that would fall on. Great our... conversationalist. The monolith. We don't have any stoic powers. Yeah. Come Chris. The monolith is just a great listener. <laughs> He's a strong, silent, yes. a snappy dresser. Wait. Oh, uh, from development, uh, multipass. Uh, what's your name? Lilu. Lilu. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wholeheartedly approve of that. So choice. much love. I'm gonna take yeah. her fight until the May. Multipass. Yeah. yeah. Um, Scorpion. Farscape. Farscape. Another show we all don't watch. Scorpion is Farscape. I like that. Or are we? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so you start us. Oh, that's oh. great. Biggie Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Okay, uh, that was a really good one. Yeah. Thor. 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 Yeah. Thor. Thor is yeah. an alien. Thor is a god and yeah. an alien. <laughs> I happen to know. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do two more because we're never going to start. We're going to be done in. Yeah. Way back there. Venom Symbiote. Oh, what? Venom Symbiote. Oh, Venom. 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 Mm. Oh, yeah. He's not real. He's a, he's drawn. Okay. <laughs> he's just a, he's just drawn. He was in Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. Okay, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah, true. He did the beginning. Yeah. In Spider-Man 3. He was... Third Rock from the Sun. We already... John Lithgow is already well represented with Red Lake Troy. Um, okay, yeah. 
Mark. 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 Mark for Mark. Okay. Mark. Okay. Excellent. Um, those, those are all really good suggestions, I have to say. So, um, uh, do we want, based on what the audience presented, are there any substitutions any of you would like to suggest before we start? No. Have <laughs> <laughs> I mean, started yet? Nope. No, no, okay, okay, very good. Um, I mean, I'd love to get Lilu in there because, you know, between you want to Zilda May and Lilu and Maya, we could have a party. You want to take Inside Doctor Who's phone booth. You want to take out the space girl? She's nude. <laughs> I want her to stay. She's staying. Darren, any any thoughts? You know, I, I'm thinking Lilu would be good as well. We have to cut somebody else. We have to cut somebody else. Who do we cut? Yeah, one. Since two, I can't see that three, uh, four, Jeff. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Wow. Uh, 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 Thirteen. Uh, cut the blob. Yeah, okay, cut the blob. Yeah. Seventeen. Let's cut the blob. No, we can't. No, cut we, the blob. we don't need to cut any. Oh, we don't need to cut any. We don't need to cut any. Exercise. We don't need to cut any. Just add Lilu. What? Add two? No, just add Lilu. We don't need to cut. Okay, add Lilu. <laughs> okay, I'd like to add Lilu. Uh, Steve, if you can just check the chart and make sure. I think uh, Scarlett Johansson should not be on there. She is she not. She's, she's not on there. She's not. She doesn't have to be. She's Scarlett Johansson. Or do we have? Do we have an extra? No, we don't have any faces. Apparently, none of us can count. You know what? We're writers. Okay. We're not counters. Yes, that's right. Okay. We're not. Get me Neil deGrasse Tyson. With any. Get me Neil deGrasse Tyson. Without any uh, further ado, let's let's start. Who is the first bracket, Nikki? If you'd be so kind. The engineer and ET. The engineer versus ET. ET. Mm. Steve Melching. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what can we? You look at the guy. What, what happens here? ET, little ET. Right. Engineer. What goes down? How does this go down? I, I wish we had said it that way, but, um, you know, technically, the engineer, um, if we're to believe what I think is happening in that movie, um, is human, right? Isn't that the whole idea of it, when he when he pours himself into the... Oh, my God, is this going to be a philosophical discussion? No, I'm just, I'm just saying that, that if he's not really technically an alien, and E.T. comes from that trippy planet, right? Uh, I think that E.T. definitely uh, takes this one home. Wow, Ashley. I, I don't think I don't that the debate can turn on his relative alienness. Uh, you know, because I think what we clearly saw at the beginning was something that none of us understood clearly at all. And it was like he just kind of was like that guy who was in the cell next to Hannibal Lecter, like, I cut myself. And all of a sudden, human life appeared in the oceans. But that was partly generated from his DNA, which means that the mixture. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> All Chris, I know is Chris, uh, Chris Cotton. Yeah, alien engineer versus ET, the extraterrestrial. Well, given this, the engineer's well, terrible taste in breakfast foods and, and or, underpants <laughs> and underpants, and ET's innate ability to somehow realize that Reese's pieces were would not turn him into some kind of primordial goo. <laughs> I've got to go with the intelligence. And ET, a botanist, would know. Ooh, he he would say in his cute little ET way, "I know what to make to make this dude turn into goo." I'm good at the ET. <laughs> Does anyone on the panel it's interesting. have a remotely have an insight? Indeed I do. Hey, Mark. Wait a minute, Aaron. 
Please. You see, the I don't understand anything that's been said the last ten minutes. <laughs> the engineers, the engineers have discovered the secrets of life-giving death. Right? No. So does E.T. E.T. has the power to bring things back to life, including himself. Okay, listen. When in the E.T. adventure at Universal Studios, they call E.T. Okay, to help save the green planet. That is not canon! It's not canon! Oh, Steven Spielberg was in that video and I saw it. It's canon. Steven Spielberg has probably been to Ralph's. That doesn't make Ralph's canon. E.T.'s teacher, Botanicus, said, E.T., come back to us and help us save our world. And he did with his magic healing touch. Because he had nothing better to do. Well, neither do the uh, engineers, apparently. That's true. So I'm, I'm going for E.T. because he has that magic finger. Steven Spielberg was the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah, magic finger. Um, Rob, yeah. Neil Diamond never sang a song about the engineer. Turn on your heart light, Rob. That was Woody Guthrie. Neil Diamond sang a song about E.T. I mean, and if Neil Diamond ever sings a song about you, you win. Anybody in the audience named okay. Caroline? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull uh, Franklin Rose. Pull the uh, pull our, our, our alienologist here, uh, starting with Darren. Your final vote is for... My final vote is for E.T., the extraterrestrial. One vote for E.T. Um, Ashley? I vote the poor. Uh, E.T. Two for E.T. Chris? As much as I would love to make more fun of that ridiculous engineer <laughs> and keep him in the panel forever, I have to go E.T. It's just E.T. would win. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a problem with the engineer. There's he's he's going seizures. down. But wait a second. It's happening. Is he going down? Oh, because inside his chest, inside uh, the chest uh, of the alien engineer, of course. is an alien xenomorph. Uh, bummer. Okay? And he is now... Bursting out of the engineer to take his place in the competition. Oh, what a shame. Now, little E.T. is face to face with an acid dripping, chest bursting killer of a thousand worlds. Imagine that. I don't have a picture of him. E.T. levitates the alien into the sky and drops him into the ocean. Fight over. (laughs) So now, as I come to Steve Melching, it is an alien xenomorph versus E.T. Wow. You know, uh, well, right now the, the xenomorph, as you can see, is quite small. Uh, it's <laughs> quick and wily, um, but I think easily levitatable and, uh, you know, easily tricked by the Reese's wily, pieces. Uh, yeah, by Reese's Pieces. So, I'm, you know, I still got to go with E.T. Really? Sorry. What if he does a soft shoe number on the table? Uh, Okay, so you are so you're saying you would still stick with ET over the tiny alien xenomorph that has not quite grown to full size, Robert? What ET could dress up as an alien xenomorph for Halloween and confuse the actual chestburst, convincing it that it is his mother or some other such thing, and and being that it's it's a baby and probably would imprint on ET while he's dressed as xenomorph, I think ET would pretty much be able to tell the growing 
xenomorph. Uh, much to my shock, uh, he uh, is confounded uh, the, the uh, pundits. Jimmy the, well, was, also, Jimmy the Vulcan was wrong about this one. I think he thought the engineer was going to win. But it as like Rob he, pointed out earlier, E.T. does have a penchant for dressing up, you know, as a good for cross-dressing, and we all know that aliens are notoriously uh, vulnerable to females. But can I change my vote? Uh, you certainly may. I, I think it's actually a tie, because if you know, past history is any indication when the chest burster comes out and he zips off. He runs. He just he disappears. And then the rest of the fight would be E.T. hunting for him. And uh, he wouldn't find him. I mean, I think that the chestburster could very easily get away and then come back at some unexpected point in the competition. And you bring up a good point, Ashley. So very good point. Well, uh, uh, Jeff and uh, Jeff and Kay over there, I'm a little confounded by what's going on. It appears that E.T. is cruising to an easy victory, but um, if you guys don't agree, perhaps, uh, like Ashley, other people can be convinced. Or is E.T. Or is ET our Engineer Big Strong, smash E.T. <laughs> big muscle to crush even after my chest is burst open. <laughs> the engineer's dead. Uh, I want to see the engineer catch E.T. when he's levitating in that bike. Ah, okay, E.T. wins round one. <laughs> Second round. Nikki, if you would be so kind to uh, tell us who is competing in the second round. Predator and Doctor Who. The who? The who? What? What? Predator, predator? and Doctor Oh, who. the Predator bureaucrat versus Doctor Who. Now, that's something I'd like to see for the 50th anniversary. Predator versus Doctor Who. Um, Ashley? Well... Uh, you know, I I think that what it comes down to is who has the most ridiculous outfit versus who has the most ridiculous job. And um, when I think about it that way, I mean, it, it's I, I can't even begin to distinguish between the two. I mean, here's a predator. I mean, look at him, and he's sitting around. He's he's waiting to go fix an administrative problem in a terrible movie. And he, I mean, you have a race that's developed faster than life technology, and it exists so that they can go to the woods and, you know, write reports. I, I don't understand what that's about, but I also don't understand the doctor's outfit. Uh, I don't get it at all. Um, but I think ultimately the doctor who wins because even if the predator kills him with, like, some Form 28S, uh, that doctor who just comes back as another doctor. Well, what if Doctor Who came regenerated as the Predator Fury? Which is entirely possible. Okay, what do you think? You could be fighting Doctor Who, the Time Lord, versus uh, an alien Predator Fury. Well, the Doctor has a pretty long history of easily handling administrative problems. Uh, so I don't think the Doctor's going to actually have any problem at all. I think pretty much he's just going to land the TARDIS on this poor guy's house. And then take off and not even know that he just defeated him. See, Melton, you agree with that? Well, the, the Predator bureaucrat merely punches a clock. Doctor Who, like, is the clock. Yeah, so he punches is that a fair, uh, fair comparison? I absolutely agree, agree, and wholeheartedly agree. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you. Kay, you've spoken out on behalf of Doctor Who, so I, I imagine your vote is for Doctor Who. Uh, yes. Okay, um, Jeff Vaughn, um, where, how do you vote? Uh, I just think it's sad. I think that these two are both you know, problem solvers. They would get along. They would become friends. <laughs> None of them, neither one of them has to die. Why can't they both live? 
It's so true. I mean, the the, the bureaucrat, excuse me. Yeah, the excuse me. The way this competition works, <laughs> the aliens fight, okay? They fight. Okay, whatever. This, the, this, as far as I know, the Metrons are running it, okay? They're taking people together. We're not talking about making friends. It doesn't help us to have them get along, okay? They need to fight, okay? So for whatever reason, why can't we all just what not get along? each other with niceness? Let's just assume they're angry at each other. Maybe the predators had, had weapons of mass destruction. I don't know. We figured something out. We'll just put them at odds. Let's just pretend. Doctor Who stole the TARDIS from the bureaucrat? No. Maybe, maybe. But anyway, <laughs> assuming that's the case, Jeff Bond, who would win if they were at odds? Don't wait for the translation. Answer the question. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll come back to you. If that's as quick as you can... No, I'll, I'll give it to the doctor. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Who? Doctor who? Look, who? look. It's going to be the doctor. You guys, are, you guys are missing the point because... What? Doctor, doctor who, who travels with a hot companion. Doctor Who and the administrator... <laughs> the, the, the predator in question is the predator from the beginning of, of Alien vs. Predator Requiem who clearly has a job. It's not which one can fight, it's who has a better union. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to the fact that the Time Lords are a little bit better organized and have a little, I mean, they've got a lot, they just, they have a better union. And I, I really think in this day and age, healthcare is important. And, and the Time Lords clearly have it all over the Predators when it comes to healthcare, don't they? So I'm going to give it to Doctor Who. Oh, not dentistry. Have you seen that? <laughs> Belgian, Doctor Who is dominating. Well, not him either. He's dominating the competition as of this moment. Do you, yeah. do you agree, or, or you think it's time for the Predator to make a comeback? No, because Doctor Who is awesome, and the Predators are kind of dumb. Yeah. They are. They're dumb. <laughs> of course, he's the bureaucrat. He may be able to negotiate those extra-dimensional spaces in the TARDIS. They both have great hair, though, don't they? <laughs> Look, uh, I, I gotta I say, top show. based on the ability to maintain neck warmth alone, <laughs> the Doctor wins. <laughs> Okay. He's wearing his own noose. Though. <laughs> of course, your vote is for the doctor. Yeah, I'm voting for the doctor. Ashley, your vote is for uh, the doctor. And Darren, your vote is for the doctor. And Doctor Who goes on to the next bracket. Woo! Now it's Spock versus Maya. Spock versus Maya. Oh, man. Well, it's not the best picture of her. No. It's not a bad picture. Where, where did you get that picture of her? It's actually from the magazine from 1970. It's only appropriate because she was the Spock of Space 1999. That's right. I mean, basically, if we need a Spock, let's make it a woman who can change shape. Um, Fred Freiberg, the genius that he was. Um, okay. Spock. Uh, Spock versus Maya. Rob, I have to start with you. Really? <laughs> um, Indeed. Well, here's the thing. Maya can turn into anything, any creature in the universe that she wants it to turn into. And, I mean, bird or something really boring. But, but oh, no, that's not, not the case. I mean, she can turn into a Uhura, for instance. You know? Of course, then you're going to tell me that's the wrong Spock. Sorry. 
But I, I, I think that Maya should win. Who said that, that redheads, what would you say about redheads out there? I feel the same way. I think any redhead always wins, no matter what. Any redheaded woman can do anything she wants, whatever she wants in my book. I'm not sure that criteria... Why not? I'm the judge. I say so. Lastly, how do you feel about what Rob is suggesting that her redheaded hair will somehow give her advantage over uh, Mr. Spock? Well, I think that's patently ridiculous because I think that um, I think Spock just doesn't have a thing for redheads so she would have no power over him whatsoever and also you know she doesn't just become like she's not mammal I mean she doesn't just become like a hawk or like a panther like every single time I mean she also turns into that really ugly horrifying creature thing with the mask or like the like the dude with like the like the so I think you're wrong. I think Spock's inquisitive nature would make him wonder if the carpet matched the drapes. And he would want... Oh, well, certainly. He would want to see. I mean, the critical thing is this. She would at least mesmerize him for a moment. Is Spock experiencing Ponfar or not? Very good point. If he is, if he is and he uses the Vulcan mind trick... Vulcan. Sorry, I was channeling the president. Um, the, uh, oh, sorry, the Jedi mind meld. Um, it's in the middle of the pond far, why he could control the shape that she chooses. And when they engage in the ritual combat with the Anwoon and the Lurpa, uh, I think that Spock could achieve a, a certain advantage over Maya in spite of her red hair and her beauty and her dog shape and um, whatever that mask thing was. And the I think Rob brought up a good point. I mean, she could be like, I'm on it. Star Trek 6 and she could transform into Kirk wouldn't know and then he'd be all over her in the pond far Maya has better sideburns than Spock too Darren Spock versus Maya you know Maya can change into whatever she wants Spock would know the difference I mean, <laughs> just like in that uh, in the episode Garth. with uh, Lord Garth, Spock knew he did. He just uh, he just let them fight to uh, amuse himself. So, um, you know, Spock Spock doesn't care about chicks. I mean, not like that, but you know what I mean. He, he's he's beyond that. He doesn't need that unless it's uh, you know the time of the plaque towel, the blood fever. Um, but every twenty eight days. Off in the voice of reason. Hey, let's get off this pond far redhead thing. <laughs> let logic be our guide. Um, logic is a pretty flower that smells bad. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? We have we have Spock the cold. You're talking about universal order again. You're talking about logic. <laughs> we have Spock the logical science officer aboard the Enterprise with the tricorder. Now we have Maya, who's on a floating hunk of rock. That's the moon. the moon flying through the galaxy. I'd well, yeah, I mean, the problem with Maya is that she looks like a background dancer on the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can turn into anything and that's what you pick, you're going to lose Alien Armageddon when you're up against Spock. Well, okay, look, I agree. If we were casting Dancing with the Stars, we would go with Maya over Spock. But clearly, this is a competition about fighting and battle and, and victory. And uh, Jeff, what's, who's, our, who's our winner here? Well, what, what's listen, it is all about eyebrows, people. <laughs> Spock's eyebrows are made of the finest yak hair. <laughs> Aya's eyebrows are made out of warts. <laughs> all right. Okay, well, look, I, again, uh, it's also about cheekbones. Different points have been brought up. None of them made much 
then. But uh, let's just uh, let's put it up to a vote. Um, starting with Chris Gossett. Sure, sure. I agree with Darren. Just as the Antosians shape changing could not. Telosians. Telosian, sorry. Telosian shape changing could not mess with Spock. Neither can her. Whatever appendage she flaps at Spock, he's going to know when to use the neck pinch, and he's going to win. Okay, so that's a vote for Spock. Ashley? Well, I think if in this battle Spock were to fight her by the book, hours would seem like days. Kind of like this panel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the fight would take two days. Uh, I think, honestly, Spock wins it in a walk. <laughs> Spock in a walk. I don't Spock know if Laura's going to like Spock hanging out with Maya. Uh, Darren? I got to go with, uh, with Spock because uh, Spock survived the... Uh, Season that Fred Freiberger took over, Maya did not. <laughs> well said. Well said. Uh, I, I, I gotta go with Spock for obviously the logical reasons that, that have all been presented, but also because do any of us really want Maya to continue and then Rob gets to talk about her again? <laughs> Doesn't she have to say, like, before she transforms, shape of a... No, you're thinking she's the Wonder Twin. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I'd just like to point out that Maya is the last of her race, and if Spock were to actually take her life, he would be committing genocide against against another race, and I just don't think Spock would do that. I think that... He'd sacrifice himself. He would sacrifice himself before he would allow any harm to come to Maya. Uh Uh-huh. He did that with the salt vampire in the bedroom. Yeah, that's exactly. right. He, he killed it. Yeah, but, you know, bitches, man. Rose, <laughs> <laughs> that was his fault, right? He was saving his captain. Did you well, see the way he wailed on Nancy Crater, though, man? <laughs> Just be, like, all over. This, it, this is, it's, is this Maya? If this was Maya, could she take this? God, Maya! <laughs> he had no problem letting you use Keeler die. Just let her die, Jim. So, uh, Rob, you think Maya, everyone else, Spock? Uh, the winner Spock. is Spock. Spock. Mr. Spock. I think this bloodthirsty panel's made a huge mistake. <laughs> so, <laughs> so noted, yes. <laughs> Next up, we have. Um, Yoda and Kala. Yoda versus Ooh. Superman. Oh, oh, oh. Superman! <laughs> This is why you come. <laughs> it's matchups like this. Yes. Wow. And now that Disney owns. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, listen. Anyone? Uh, Chris Gossett. Oh, Yoda really? yes. versus Superman. Yoda versus Superman. This Yoda. Is some, this is some serious shit going down. It really is. So it really is. You need to deal with it appropriately. Thank you, thank you. I will try. I will do all I can. Yeah, with the sage wisdom <laughs> I expect from a man like you. One whose ally is the Force versus the son of the great Marlon Brando. <laughs> it's tough. You're going you're to have to come back to me. I'm, 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 I'm going into Yoda's cave and trying to figure out who the hell I am right Steve now. Steve Melching. Woo! That is a bad outfit! <laughs> uh, you know, as Rob pointed out when we were doing making the introductions, uh, you know, it kind of depends what the arena of combat is. Uh, you know, if it's taking place on Dagobah, you know, just think about have a yellow sun. Would it? Does it matter because it's overcast all the time? That's true. It <laughs> be twin suns. You know, the force. It's life creates it, makes it grow. It's all around. And Dagobah is just 
completely overgrown with plants and animals, you know, further boosting his force. He needs a so much force. Bring me tea in. <laughs> um, Ashley. You know, I top. Yeah, you know, Jedi Knight. Knight. And, uh, you know, um, Superman. Superman. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Ultimately, I, I can't even see it as a contest for two reasons. I think that here's the thing we forget about Yoda. Uh, in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, everything he said was wrong. <laughs> everything. He was wrong about everything. I mean, if Luke had listened to him, all of his friends would be dead. Uh, the rebellion would have been crushed. Bad things would have happened. I mean, thank God he thought, you know what, I'm not going to listen to him. Forget it. I'm going to let anger drive me. And that's how I'm going to defeat Darth Vader. He was wrong. And by the way, we know that Yoda can be defeated. We know that Yoda can be destroyed because George Lucas did it over three movies. <laughs> Episodes one through three. There was nothing left of that character. Superman lives. Well, not like the thing with like the Tim Burton was doing, because my God, have you seen those costume tests? But still. Wow. Bravo. That was very compelling. Bravo. Thank you. It was. Very good. Uh, okay. Um, Yoda died of old age. Superman wins. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> <Get> Pond. <laughs> I just like the, the imagining the dialogue though. Is that, is that how a warp brain like yours gets its kick, Yoda? By levitating X-Wing fighters? <laughs> I could just talk backwards. I could give Yoda's reply, but I, I, I think. Strong uh, you are. Yeah. Can Yoda step outside? Would you care to? Ooh. I, I'm gonna give it to Superman. I think he could drop kick Yoda into another solar system. <laughs> we don't know what kind of sun the Dagobah system has, do we? We do not. What, you know, if it's not a yellow sun, Superman may be falling right in the swamp. He may not be. Uh, he may not be of much use. He might not have much power. The Jedi have in their possession a a jewel called the Kyber Crystal <laughs> which no. focuses the strength of the force no is that <laughs> yes it does that a red now listen listen to me listen to me people footnotes splinter of the mind's eye yeah, yeah. No, I love that book but no it doesn't count of course it does <laughs> it's not real. It's not even animated. Gary Kurtz talks about it in Empire from the old home. How do we know that this crystal is not from the destroyed remains of Krypton? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, it's red. It's red. Uh, well, Darren, Darren, if I might, yes. I, I would go even further that that uh, the Kal-El was sent to Earth before the Jedi had a chance to properly examine him. So there is a possibility that Kal-El is adept with the Force full of midi-chlorians. And he was just never given the opportunity to be trained by the Jedi. And in combat with, with uh, Yoda, his latent Force powers might manifest themselves. And even under the cloud or of, of a yellow sun or a red sun, and he has no powers... As far as strength is concerned, he might be very, very strong with the force. You guys are blowing my mind right now. This is just, this is amazing. I'm just like riveted. I hope the leaps of logic. Okay, but probably Superman would win. That's what I'm trying to say. Ashley. Superman. Chris Gossett. Superman. Oh my God. (laughs) This is Yoda we're talking about. Yoda. 
mean, you write, you've written dialogue for Yoda. I know, and you know, we all know that Yoda. Did he ever write for you? <laughs> Yoda was controlled by Frank Oz, just as Superman's father, Marlon Brando, was controlled by Frank Oz. <laughs> I gotta go with Yoda. <laughs> I'd just like to point out the new Man of Steel, Amy Adams, is playing Lois Lane, and Amy Adams is a redhead. <laughs> Irrelevant. Superman wins. Guilty. Guilty. Oh, me? Uh, <laughs> Superman. Superman. I, I Superman. I have not Superman. taken the side of Star Wars in a long time after what Lucas did to the trilogy. But um, I think it's appalling that Superman would defeat Yoda. Of course, I don't have a vote. But I, I'm, I'm appalled. I'm appalled. We are experts in this. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's what this panel is about. <laughs> I only had a I have to give full disclosure, I only have a minor in alienology. So, just so you know. I know, go back to spaceships, you losers. Uh, oh, Enterprise wins. Oh, sorry. Panel <laughs> in San Diego. Um, okay, our next two competitors. Wait, 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 who, who won? Superman. Superman. Oh, okay. Superman. Walking it wasn't away. even close. Were you paying attention? We no. Were diddling with your little slide there? Oh. Um, okay. Now, now. <laughs> the next is the female vampire, the otherwise known as Space Girl from Life Boobs versus the Blob. Versus Boobs versus the Blob. You distilled it in a nutshell. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Rob Burnett. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, as we've learned in Life Force, uh, Matilda May and her 50 mile long, or 150 mile long, a sarcophagi spaceship uh, has destroyed worlds, world after world after world, uh, not just human worlds. Whereas, where has the blob ever been? I mean, what has the blob ever really done? Where's your blob now? Where is it? Well, but to be fair, Life Force is also being remastered on, on Blu-ray along with the blob, so they're both in high depth, so I don't know. I don't have anything else. I got nothing. She doesn't have red hair. I mean, the blob is red. There is no question that Vampire Girl is unspeakably beautiful, and that is her power. That is how she has laid waste to world after world after world after world. After <laughs> but I think I should remind you of why you should beware of the blob. Larry Hack. Because the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch. Be careful of the blob. It's the worst Dr. Seuss book ever written. <laughs> Copyright 1960, Burt Bacharach and Haldi. Jeff putting aside the Space Girl's ubiquitous nudity, which is obviously an asset with certain members of this panel, um, let, let me ask you this. She, by the very nature of the title of the movie, sucks out life force. She takes the life force out of what you a body. But the blob is not a body. It's a so, how would her very unique skill set apply in combat with a blob? Well, the original blob prop was actually made out of silicone gel, <laughs> just like the front of Matilda May. 
Uh, those perkies are real, my friend. And that's why we need a full shot. Yes, but how old is she today? Yeah, but she's not fighting it today. The blob is soft and shapeless. <laughs> Where are you going with this, Jeff? I can't wait to find out. I, I just want to say one thing. That... With a name like Smuckers, it's gotta be victorious. And that's all I gotta say about that. Okay, um, you've heard what everybody's had to say. Kay, how do you vote? Uh, well, she's a vampire, right? Like a regular vampire, not like a Twilight vampire? Right. She's a space vampire. Well, she's a vampire in space, technically. Um, I think all Blob would have to do, basically, is just trap her. And then she would eventually starve to death. So I think the blob wins this one. The blob. The blob. Interesting. Interesting logic. Your vote for Mr. Spock. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm with the blob on this one. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with the, blob the blob, too. Okay, like this. Two, two votes for the blob, Robert Nett. Well, she travels with two dudes, too. She's not just by herself. There's two other guys with her that also are... Yeah, they are, they are also delicious. No, I would just say that even if the blob trapped her, those two dudes would be able to save her and get her away from the blob and get her back up to her ship where she can regenerate, rejuvenate, get some beauty sleep, and come back to fight another day. She wins. Look, hey, that's Steve about- Railsback could defeat her. <laughs> he okay. did, though. He went with her in, her in her ship at the end. Are you sure? Yes. We don't know what happened after that. Okay. Steve, uh, Steve Melchie, we have two votes for the blog, one vote for the space girl. Where, where do you weigh in on that? I don't think it matters that she has companions. You know, that blob's just going to slurp them up and uh, or go up to their spaceship and fill up the whole thing just like a rural Pennsylvania movie theater and uh, be back. Okay, so you're voting for the blob. That's three votes for the blob, one for the space girl. Chris says, Rob's made a passionate appeal to <laughs> members of this panel to embrace the space girl. One that has been influential to me. Influential, thank you. <laughs> really, though, if you, if you were a space girl and you could, with your various space girl orify, suck the life force and soul out of anything that was attached to you, like a blob, couldn't you, conceivably, suck the life force right out of that blob? Could you? I'm saying, I think it's a question of which one. I'm talking about a serious blob hangover for the poor girl the next day. Definitely, but she wins. I think she's like, oh, God, I hope I never have to suck blob again. (laughs) I, true, I, I too, would embrace the space girl. Because sometimes there's just so much beauty in the world, I can't take it. So we have three votes for the space girl, three for the blob. Darren, you're the tiebreaker. No, boy. It falls you to want? you to take what you've heard and make a wise and informed judgment. This says a lot about you, Darren. Vampire girl. The blob. Vampire girl. The blob. You know what? Uh, I think because, uh, because I say so, uh, probably the blob would win just by... Volume alone. <laughs> so I gotta go with the blob. The blob. The victor is the blob by Sorry, Rob. I actually she had the thing. If it were the convention, I would expect the blob to win. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, no one at the convention knows what to do with the pretty girl. <laughs> <Lovely. laughs> okay. Next now oh this is a good one. 
The brain bug versus warts. The brain bug versus warts. Brain versus brawn. <laughs> and all the grated cheese you can eat. So, um, Jeff Bond, we have a Klingon warrior versus a brain. Uh, well, it seemed that, you know, the whole uh, point of the ending of Starship Troopers, uh, the movie, is that the brain bug is afraid. That's what they're all celebrating. They don't even care that they haven't defeated him yet. They just know they made him afraid. So it's obviously very easy to get the fear instilled in the mind of the brain bug. And that's if he's scared of Neil Patrick Harris, how tough could he be? Yeah. <laughs> if he's afraid of anything pointy, Orph will be able to take advantage of that. I mean, his eyebrows alone are pointy. Steve <laughs> Melching. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the brain bug is, is this big, fleshy, doughy mass, and Worf comes heavily armed with numerous sharp knives and batlets and whatnot. Uh, the brain bug is also uh, notorious for its little um, brain-sucking uh, proboscis that comes out of that uh, anus there. And uh, if you look at Worf, he's got quite a bony forehead there. I think it would be very difficult for that proboscis to penetrate all that bone. Darren, is that it, it holds a lot of water because that's exactly what I was going to say, Steve. So thank you very much for that. Um, you know, Worf acts, uh, acts quickly and bravely, but very often futilely. Uh, he acts without thinking. And the brain bug thinks without acting. So we're gonna we gotta we gotta go back and forth here. You know, the brain bug is pretty soft and uh, and malleable. Worf probably would just take all his knives and just cut him up into sushi. That's my vote. Okay, so we're gonna vote. Brain bug Versus war. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Jeff made a very compelling argument. Okay. <laughs> and um, I would vote for war, but I'm kind of surprised. Really? <laughs> How about that, Jeff? You convinced her. I know. I vote for Worf, and I think at this point we should just talk about all sorts of delicious meals that Worf could make out of the brain bug. <laughs> Seriously. Jeff, uh, Robert Burnett. You know, just a succession of lovely ladies Worf has had his life over the course of... He had Kalar. He had... He had Troy. He had Troy. He had Dax. We don't know any of the brain bugs. The brain bug life. No, no. The brain bugs, we haven't seen any, any kind of uh, hot spouse. Just because he doesn't flaunt it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I, I'm going to go with Worf. Steve Melching? Uh, no, yeah, Worf. Hey, it looks like Worf's going to win, but I'd like to hear Chris. You sure. I, you know, Worf has a lot going for him. The, 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 the aforementioned, very difficult, very thick brain case. Uh, the fact that who knows how many, how much brain matter the Klingons actually have. <laughs> and that it would be a light snack, is what you're saying. <laughs> and not only, if the proboscis did get through that brain case, how could it get past those amazing Klingon hair products? <laughs> I'm going with Worf. Ashley? Uh, well, first of all, I would reject the argument about being soft and fleshy and bloated because I don't know. Do you not remember Michael Dorn at the end of Deep Space Nine? <laughs> the, uh, sorry, it's a joke, people. This is, this is comedy. Uh, but that said, a brain bug is a brain bug doesn't fight. That's not their job. It's not what they do. 
Uh, absent a warrior bug to defend it, the brain bug is completely helpless. Worth is a warrior, and while brainless, he can still fuck. <laughs> Macro head with a micro brain. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go with Worth. Darren, we are talking about someone to try to shoot a phaser at a view screen. That's right. You want to be contrarian, you're gonna go down with Worth. Oh no, I, I think everyone knows where my position is. I think Worth, uh, just by his, uh, just by his forehead alone, um, you know, to block that uh, pointy thing, uh, yeah, there's no chance for the brain bug. Warf wins. Warf is the winner. Now, I'm so delighted to bring you this next matchup. I can't tell you where else would it have happened, but here at Alien Armageddon, we have Abraham Lincoln versus the Red I think this means we all win this rank is perfection. Perfection. This was going to be the title of the third Buckaroo Bonsai movie. <laughs> Directed by Timur Bekmambetov. So, Abraham Lincoln, four score, seven years ago. Um, Abraham Lincoln versus Red, uh, red Light Droids. Um, anyone? Anyone? I'll, I'll go for it. Alien Lincoln could survive the vacuum of space. And, in fact, he even has a chair that kind of floats <laughs> in the vacuum of space. But we know that he can because he appeared on Kirk's view screen. Um, so I, I think anybody who can exhibit that level of durability uh, is really no... Uh, the red electrolytes are no match for him, unfortunately. Uh, I think the real, really the only problem would be Lincoln attempting to pronounce the red electrolytes' last names. Uh, that might confuse him long enough to give them an opportunity to do something, but I, I think it's fine. Jeff Bond. What do you think? Well, uh, as we know from the Savage Curtain, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln was delighted to discover that at his age he could still wrestle, so he, he, uh, he can match the electrodes uh, on a physical level, but I think that he would probably just you know, engage with them and find out whichever members of their uh, race was oppressed and emancipate them. <laughs> Hey, you know, the red lacroids have sort of a plumber's kind of look. It looked like they would be working for Nixon. So, uh, I, I just, I wonder, um, you know, in my mind, Lincoln would trump Nixon every time. But um, why don't you tell us what your thoughts are regarding the Lincoln versus red lacroids uh, matchup? I mean, if I had any thoughts, I would certainly share them. Um, but that is that is. Have we stumped you? Is it a first on the SmackDown panel? It's just it's such a tough matchup, I think. Especially coming off the Wharf brain bug debacle. Um, would it have been easier if it had been Colonel Green? No. Yeah, I really do think that the Red Electroids, when you look at them, really. Let's just talk about that. They're kind of pathetic looking. <laughs> Lincoln. Lincoln. Right? Lincoln. Lincoln sexy. is stately. Not really sexy, but he is definitely stately. He's got that voice. He's got a law degree. <laughs> he's, he's on not We're one, not but two, two forms of currency. Yeah, yes, currency. We're yeah. not trying to find you if you're your husband. There's the point where you're just literally going down the resumes, and I think that, that uh, Lincoln's resume is much stronger. The law degree got me right there. <laughs> the red metroids do not have a law degree. Exactly. Okay. But, you know. 
Well, the bread electroids, you know, they were the oppressors. They're the rednecks, if you will, oppressing the black electroids. Uh, so Lincoln would naturally side with the oppressed black electroids. And, uh, you know, he's sinewy. He's good with an axe. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he, and the red electroids were hanging out in New Jersey. So... Also, I mean, I, I think that he would be energized by his box office for the year. Yeah. I, think, uh, I, think, I think really you, you, you've got two major studio releases from two different studios, and the Asylum also made a Lincoln knockoff film in one year. And that's a lot of money to finance a battle against the Electroids with. So ultimately, I think, uh, I didn't I think Lincoln has the finances to destroy them. <laughs> okay, well, let's put that to a vote. You've heard uh, Lincoln versus Red Electroids. Darren. I, I don't think the Red Electroids would even uh, know how to combat a, a, a power like Lincoln's. Okay, Alien Abraham Lincoln. Uh, one vote, Ashley. Alien Abraham Lincoln. That's two for Lincoln. Yes, in fact, the previous conqueror of the Red Electroids, the great Peter Weller, had cheekbones that were very Lincoln-esque. <laughs> so I'm going with Abraham Lincoln. Three for Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. Lincoln. Lincoln, now he belongs to the ages. <laughs> Alienate. Ooh, wow. Well, Lincoln wins his final election. <laughs> Good job, Yarnak. Yep. Okay, next is uh, Starman versus uh, the, 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 the Cantina Band leader. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let's uh, start with Kay uh, real quickly now because we're going to run out of time. I, this is really tough because I feel like uh, they can actually use each other. Starman seducing some woman and the smooth jazz of the cantina band. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm trying to just imagine how they could actually, uh, how they could actually fight. Now, if what Steve says is true, Starman's going to get his ass kicked. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the Starman's sort of more a lover than a fighter, I think, and uh, apparently the Cantina Man is a, a, an assassin. <laughs> I mean, on the, on the other side, they're probably both high all the time. <laughs> Turn to our Star Wars expert, Steve Melching, Chris Gossett, any Star Wars... Uh, <laughs> they both have Star at the title. Well, yeah, I, I've actually played the Tatooine circuit with my days <laughs> as a band member, and they are some tough streets, man. Tatooine, you don't play Tatooine unless you are badass. And I'm thinking that there's that little redneck bar that uh, that Starman barely dealt with. You know, I think I'll go out and heal your deer. Yeah, that's just not going to cut it in Tatooine. Gonna waste them. See, my problem with fingering Dan is, is when he left the band and started his solo career, it wasn't nearly as good as when he was with the band. So, I, I know, yeah. yeah his import B-sides, though, his import B-sides were bad. But Steve and the Blue Turtles sucked. <laughs> the solo clue horn isn't uh, really... Where, like, fingering Dan is in the back of the Jaguar, and he's, like, all sleeping and dreaming about all the people who would be at his concert that he's not going to. I mean, he's sort of like the Ringo of the Cantina band, you know? He waited. I mean, well, he he could never master playing that desk fan. So I don't know. <laughs> so his name is Finger and Dan. Look at his hands. Who wants to be? Fan
fingered by that. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Look, they're ripped. Oh, no, no, I'm going to put this up to a vote. Uh, <laughs> leaving in droves. <laughs> you know what? I, I think that they would actually battle each other and just cancel each other out and eliminate both of them. Because they're just really both boring. <laughs> Ashley? No vote from Darren. I uh, vote for Jeff Bridges. Okay, Storm. Uh, yeah, I like Darren's idea. They both just kind of go off and happily make music together, and he'll deer. Okay, you're, you're going to eliminate both then. Okay, yeah. Steve Melting. You know, I, Jeff Bridges is just the coolest guy ever. You know, who wouldn't want to be his best friend? Wouldn't that be the most awesome thing in the world? No. Oh, come on. He's no. I gotta go with Starman. Two votes for Starman, two for no no victory for either competitor. Uh, Robert Ed. Starman got laid by Starman. Jeff Bond. Starman got laid by Karen Allen in her hot days. Death <laughs> to both of them. When was the last time oh, Figure Stan ever got close to a female? Okay, great bug. Okay, guys, 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 good one. Starman. I got three that have been eliminated, three for Starman. So it's Starman versus elimination. Uh, both. Uh, Kay, you can either eliminate uh, both for the competition or vote for Starman. He votes for fingering Dan and giving it to Starman. <laughs> uh, well, a, a, as I am a, a lady, I will choose the Starman. Hey, the Starman goes off. I was kind of enjoying saying fingering Dan. <laughs> the brain bug will be lonely at the end of this competition. Yes. So, that brings us to the end of the first round. Now, <laughs> as some of you may or may not recall... Remember, you all came here willingly. As some of you may or may not recall, we have a little thing that we did um, with Starship Smackdown called the Captain's Courageous Round, where we picked captains at random to join the ships um, uh, in competition, which mixed it up a little bit, gave them new allies, new enemies. However... That doesn't take... We can't do that today. We've done it. We'll do it again. We took into account the fact that today was Easter. So I am very proud to introduce to the competition the Deity Demolition. The Deity Demolition. We will pick a god at random and assign them as each alien's partner. Uh, and, and, and they will get to fight in the competition alongside the aliens. And the deity definition. So I have a few de deities uh, that we've we've selected to participate, and we will pair them at random with the characters. The first one is Zeus. Zeus is played by Lawrence Olivier in the original class of the Titans. Zeus. Oh. Oh. Perhaps we should do Without Apollo. But of course, we're not talking about Viper Pilot Apollo. We're talking about the great Greek god Apollo from Star Trek. So, Apollo, will, will we have Apollo? We also have. But who are they fighting with? No, we're assigning. We're putting them in order. Okay, we're putting them in order. Oh! Scarlett Johansson Fuck keep trying to get into the competition. How is that even? Because it's heavenly, Mark. It's we, heavenly. We worship it. It's a perfect circle. Figuring Dan is on. My question is, 
But why would she even be a deity? I don't get it. It's not her. It's her ass. It's her ass we fall down our knees and worship. I'm sorry, I'm sorry but... Uh, All right, Mark. You can vote against that. Pick another one. Okay. I will pick another one. And uh, this is much more appropriate. Loki. 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 I don't know where he is. I don't know. Loki or... Her and your eyes. Even I'm conflicted. Yeah. We have... At least you preserve the element of Fantastic. We have uh, here's Loki. Loki. We have George Burns. George Burns. That is not George. George Burns. And of course, uh, how many do we have? We have one, two, three. Four, five. Not Scarlett Johansson. No, not Scarlett Johansson. So we have three more. Well, this is interesting. I w- I've always said that William Shatter is a god. I don't know how we managed to work him into this, but apparently we have. Because we have Kira. Kira, the Indian god. Can I wear his Christmas, uh, confused. Oh, what a spoiler. Uh, yeah. There he is. There he is. Kira, the Indian god. Ah, okay. We have two more. Oh, star of his own series of dynamics called Zenu. We have Zenu. <laughs> Zenu from where is he? Scientology, right? There he is. There he is. <laughs> okay. This is only this is only a representation of the real Zeno. It's a graven image. <laughs> yes, we idolatry. Have, okay. We have Count Ibley from War of the Gods. Count Ibley from the original Battlestar Galactica. The only character that Ron Moore should have brought back and didn't for the new Battlestar Galactica. Count I Ibley. don't know where he is. <laughs> I know. Uh, we don't have him. The claw. <laughs> mean something. <laughs> no. 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 There he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Finally. Counting. You get the idea. The original adventure. No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> We're done. Okay, so go to our Right. So go there. Okay, we need one more. The Emperor of Japan. <laughs> no? Okay, I think I I I I don't think Star um God from Star Trek Five will will be good. No. Uh, I think oh, here we are. God, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> from the Electric Company. As well as Bruce O'Mahony. Okay, very good, Morgan Freeman. Alright. He's played God in more movies and presidents than any actor. Okay, so uh if you if you'll be uh kind of start us off. Who are aliens and gods competing for the deity demolition alien Armageddon title? In bracket number one, we have E.T. Zeus. E.T. paired with Zeus. Versus Doctor Who and Loki. Doctor Who and Loki. Wow. Together, they're an unstoppable force against crime. <laughs> Next, on Boston. Okay, um, okay, what do you think? <laughs> Thank you, Kay. <laughs> You're going to need stronger stuff than Diet Pepsi for this one. Yeah, yeah, thanks for not bringing any, by the way. Um, God, I mean, I kind of, there's part of me that just feels that E.T. and the Doctor would be kicking it while Loki and Zeus are shooting lightning bolts and stuff at each other. So this, this one's really tough. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, think about this and listen to the opinions of my esteemed colleagues, perhaps, to make up my mind. 
Uh, well, Loki is not all that badass. I mean, he's completely gets his ass kicked by the Hulk. Uh, so, at uh, Zeus, all he has to do is release the Kraken. The Kraken's even tougher than the Hulk. I say, wipes the floor with him. Rob Burnett, uh, I'd like to vote for. Uh, uh, I think I think Loki would would defer to box office again. Uh, he he would say, look, you know, you had two movies, Wrath of the Titans and Clash of the Titans, recently, and not even two movies could equal the box office of one Avengers. So. In that battle, I think Loki would win. All you think about is money, Rob. No, also redheads. Steve <laughs> <laughs> <Eat> Melching. <laughs> well, both Doctor Who, Tom Baker Doctor Who, and E.T. have very vulnerable necks. We know when E.T. is threatened, he extends his neck in a panic, making it extremely vulnerable to attack. Tom Baker, as we said earlier, is wearing his own noose, so they're both very vulnerable. But I think Jeff uh, raised a great point about Zeus, you know, releasing the Kraken. He's got, you know, all the gods of Olympus. Game over. Game over. So it's all about the Kraken. All about the Kraken. Okay. Um, Chris Let's be careful when talking about Sir Lawrence Olivier and the Kraken. Oh my god. Sorry. At any rate, yes, summoning all the sons of Zeus, all the daughters of Zeus. I mean, he's got a lot of love children, including E.T. I think E.T. is one of Zeus's love children. I think that's why he showed up. He's like, home. I think he went back to Olympus. And I think Zeus is so happy that he got a big old family reunion going, and he just stomped all over Loki. Um, Loki was rad. Loki was cool. Ashley? Well, I, you know, I think what's, what's lost in the fact that Loki kind of inexplicably, like, sort of stood there and waited for the Hulk to smash him around was that the Hulk smashed him up pretty good, and then Loki kind of got up. It's true. I mean, let's not shit ourselves. I mean, if it happened to any one of us, we'd be like a fine red mist. Loki's like, what's up? Yeah, what you got? Oh, uh, who's that, that man? Right? You wrote it. Wait, wait, you're right. I, you know, I didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what it boils down to is this. So it just says, okay, release the Kraken. And then the Kraken comes out, by the way, easily defeated by Harry Hamlin. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that Loki, being the god of mischief and illusions and trickery, allowed Zeus and E.T. to believe that they have won. But it's all an illusion. And then he and Doctor Who, having lulled them into a false sense of security, go back in time in the TARDIS and win the battle before it even begins. Well... If you call that, that seems a very compelling argument. Indeed, indeed. Those are some excellent points that I have to consider now. Um, but let me go back to this uh, box office argument of Rob's. Um, Zeus, while you know, not having as big a box office as Loki, obviously. E.T. has a pretty big box office there, Rob. A pretty, pretty, Especially pretty big inflation. Indeed. So I think on the box office argument, E.T. and Zeus win. However, if you're threatened by something, don't extend the most vulnerable part of your body. That's just dumb. Uh, and I think dumbness will uh, will lose in this instance, so I think Loki and the Doctor would uh, take advantage of that. I wouldn't vote again. Well, let me... We're going to do a real quick vote based on what everyone's had to say. So, Darren? Loki and the Doctor. Loki and Doctor. 
Loki and the Doctor. Loki and the Doctor. Yeah, what was I thinking? Zeus is a Greek god. Loki is a Norse god. Uh, Forget about it, man. Loki and the, the Doctor. Well, let's yeah. put it this way. We know that uh, Loki has a lot more money right now. That's right. right. <laughs> He's like, Zeus is waiting for Loki to bail him out. Come on. <laughs> I must admit, I was swayed by uh, Dr. Miller's argument regarding uh, Loki hopping in the TARDIS with the Doctor. Going back, you know, he could kick the ass of the Titans before Zeus was even born. So there you go. It's like two gods of mischief together. Yeah. Okay, well, it looks like Loki and uh, Doctor Who are, are uh, on a roll here. Uh, Rob? I, I vote for Loki and Doctor Who as okay. well. Okay. Uh, I vote for Zeus and whoever. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I was actually swayed by the Perseus <clears throat> argument, so uh, I will vote for Loki and the Doctor as well. Okay, very good. Next, now, guys, uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to do this pretty quickly, so I'll ask for one person to maybe uh, make a comment, and we'll immediately go to the vote. If in the vote you want to um, briefly state uh, an opinion, um, please do so, but I'm going to try and get into polling everyone pretty immediate, pretty quickly now. So, uh, uh, Nikki, if you could be so kind as to tell us, the next competitors. Mr. Spock and Zenu versus Kal-El and the Count. Spock and Zenu versus Kal-El and the Count? Count Ibley. No, not like the Count from Sesame Street. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Please do. It's a very interesting competition. Uh, I love to Okay. Go. I didn't write out the rest of it. I see. Okay, very good. So, I can see that card and spell it. Sorry, I can't see the chart, so this is great. Uh, we need to get like a big board over here. The big board. Uh, okay. Um, there is no way I'm not going to vote for Count Ibley. So, uh, no Count Ibley. Uh, uh, uh. So your vote is for Count Ibley. Yeah. Wow. Okay, very accountably. And, oh, I can see better now. Go figure that. Count Ibley. Who's Count Ibley with? Count Ibley. So Superman and Count Ibley. Wow, that's a really, that's a fun matchup. <laughs> that really is great. It's good stuff. I, you know, I, I, where's the light chip figure in all this? Uh, Jeff Bond. Wait, who are we talking about? <laughs> Kal-El? Against? I count it. I count it. Throw it off of Oh. Well, Zenu's not really a real god. <laughs> uh, so, you'll never work in this town again. <laughs> I hate to break that to you people. Um, and Kal-El is about as close to a god as you're going to get, so I'm going to go with, I got to go with Superman and whomever. <laughs> okay, Rob, your vote, please. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Kal-El and, and, and Tony Bleed. I have no reason why. <laughs> well, we know, you know, Hollywood and Scientology have a long history together, um, so I think uh, Leonard Nimoy might be quite at home with Zeno. However, Zeno is technically a uh, galactic despot uh, rather than a god, so uh, I think Kal-El and uh, Count Ebling would easily win that matchup. Okay. Um, Chris Scott. Spock really is alone. He would be the first one to tell Zeno that you are completely illogical. <laughs> it would be over. Got to go with Kyle. You're saying they would not make good allies. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would sort of be like, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there is no spoon. It's just a... Yeah, it's sort of like Stalin and Roosevelt. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, interesting point you're making. It's a red star. Um, okay. Uh, there you go. Uh, 
There are those who believe <laughs> that Armageddon down here began out there. Uh, I have to go with Count Ibley and Superman. Very good. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> me too, I got nothing. <laughs> okay, um, before we go to the next round, uh, Steve, tell us one of our other sponsors for today's, uh, today's SmackDown. Uh, well, uh, let's see. We've got, uh, oh, the, the Soylent Corporation. <laughs> Your taste buds will riot over the great taste of Soylent Green, the only Soylent made by people, for people, of people. <laughs> Very special thanks to Soylent Green Corporation, which will also keep Magazine is sponsored tonight. There is Geek Magazine, where we will give additional copies out at the end of SmackDown, which will be about midnight. Um, okay. Nikki, uh, if you'd be so kind. The Blob and Apollo versus Warp and George Burns and Scott. Wow. Okay, baby. Okay. Great. Now, I gotta tell you, talk about, like, grumpy old Klingon. That would be awesome. George Burns and like Warp. Tuesdays with Warpy. That would have been, I would have taken that over four years of Enterprise in a heartbeat. Man, that would be great. Okay, Darren. Oh, man. You know, the... The cat, the cat skill knowledge of this god alone is uh, just unimpeachable. And the Blob and Apollo—that's not—that's not, not going to be a very clean pairing. Um, you know, I mean, Apollo can you know be real tall and then be normal size, I guess. And he has lightning bolts, but lightning being around lightning bolts for the Blob isn't very good either. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to have. Hmm. I'm going to have to uh, give it to old uh, cheese grater head and, uh, and God. Okay, Ashley? Uh, i got to tell you, when I think about Worf and uh, George Burns, even just George Burns, I mean, the man can't be destroyed by conventional weapons. I mean, look at his, <laughs> his life habits, and he lived to 150. Um, I personally mourn for Adonis. i got to give it to, uh, to Worf and George Burns. Um, Chris Scott. Say goodnight, Worfie. George, George Burns wins. <laughs> goodnight. Goodnight. <laughs> Another vote for Worf. Um, Mr. Melching. Well, the Apollo from that Star Trek episode thrives on people worshipping him for his power. And the Blob, I, I don't think, is really capable of providing a level of worship. Uh, don't commit through what I need power and ability. So uh, I think Apollo would simply fade away, leaving the Blob alone against Worf and all his pointy weapons and George Burns. I, a fine argument, sir. A fine argument. Um, Dr. Burnett, um, what do you think? How do you vote? Well, we, we forget uh, the power of John Denver. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he sang Grandma's Feather Bed. He sang Calypso. He sang a lot of... As long as he's not flying a plane, he's good. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I think, I think uh, no, one, no one can deny the power of country folk rock. And since George Burns always has that traveling around with him, George Burns and who else is fighting with? Oh, War. Okay. They win. Uh, Jeff Bond, Kay, agree? <laughs> they're both the same. Uh, I, I, just to be contrary, I, I vote for Apollo and the Blob. I for just, all the good, it'll do them. 
Uh, I think Warp is the perfect straight man. So it's <laughs> Warp and George Burns as God. Yeah, they may just take this whole competition. I'm just saying. It's the comedy stylings of Burns and Alien. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln and Kirok. <laughs> All right. Uh, versus Starman and Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is God. Okay. So Jeff Bridges and Morgan Freeman and um, versus Abraham Lincoln from the planet Scalvia and Kirok from the Indian planet. From the Indian planet. <laughs> so uh, paradise syndrome. Paradise syndrome. Okay, uh, again, I, I will uh, open it to a vote starting with K. If you have something you want to add, or you can just vote. Choice. Okay. Well, I think pretty much Starman and Morgan Freeman's God would just be off smoking a bowl somewhere, so there's, there's no way that Abraham Lincoln and Kirok don't win it. I think so would Morgan Freeman, actually. What? <laughs> so who's your vote for, Kay? Kirok and Abraham Lincoln. Kirok and Abraham Lincoln. Okay, Jeff Boss. I also vote for Kirok and Abraham Lincoln. I am Kirok. Not okay. for any funny reason. Just because. Well, Kirok can't win because when you behold a god who bleeds, you know he's a false god. And isn't that what happened to Kirok? And he was exposed as being a false god? Whereas... It's what happened to Lincoln, too. <laughs> Soon. Now you got two posers really in the roles of God, whereas whereas Morgan Freeman and Starman are, are undefeatable. Okay, so you are going with Starman and uh, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Okay, very good. Um, Chris Bassett. Oh, Mighty. Almighty. <laughs> no, sorry. That's the medication wearing off. Um, yeah, I'm going with the, the rap stylings of Lincoln and Kirok. I think that they could really pull off some amazing oratory together and win. Steve Melching. I gotta go with uh, Dude Almighty, Starman and Morgan Freeman. And Ashley. Uh, wow. I, I, ultimately, I think that Kirok is not a real god. He realizes that he's not at the end of the episode, and Kirk being Kirk, he would talk himself into destroying himself and lose the competition. So i got to go with, like, Dude Almighty as well. Uh, I just want to say before we finish this, have we ever seen Morgan Freeman or... Who is the other person? <laughs> Starman. They're completely peaceful, nonviolent. We never see them in action against anybody. We see Kirok rumble and fighting in that never episode, see and we see Lincoln fighting in his episode. Actually, I, I, I don't the proof that. is on film. We know who can fight between these people. Ashley, you're making the case that Kirok would revert to Kirk at the end. Yes. Okay, but when has Kirk never defeated a judgmental godlike being? Now, that's oh, true. We all know that Kirk is also Shatner, and Shatner is God. <laughs> so that's confusing. I'm still going with, like, uh, Starman and Morgan Freeman. He defeated God. God wanted a starship. He said no. You don't but ask the Almighty for his ID. <laughs> <laughs> How can you deny the power of Kirk? Anyway, once his pain, he needs his pain. His pain defines him. It makes him who he is. The power of Kirok compels me. <laughs> compels me to vote for Kirok and Lincoln. And the winner of this round, despite attempts to defeat them, are uh, Kirok and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob, you gotta call Shatner.
Sorry, tell him that him and Lincoln were the big winners on the uh, I'm not going to tell him uh, <laughs> what we're doing here. Wait, you're doing what, Rob? What? What? <laughs> Don't do that. Okay, we're into a semi-final round. We're in a semi-final round, which we're going to do real quick, because then we'll have it down to the last two, at which point everyone will, will, will give us their thoughts, we'll open it up to the audience. Um, uh, uh, the first, uh, this round is... Warp and Burn versus Doctor Who and Loki. Warp and Burn versus Doctor Who and Loki. Starting with Darren. Oh, man. A vote, please. Do you you know, did we do this already? <laughs> versus Doctor Who and Loki. This is, this is really tough. I, I think the power of God, the, of George Burns' God, would defeat Loki. And the power of Warp would not defeat Doctor Who. So, oh man. It's a team, it's a team effort. I know, I know. That's why it's so difficult. I'm going to have to go with the uh, the time-traveling uh, playfulness of Loki and Doctor Who. Loki and Doctor Who, Ashley. I, I have to agree. Two votes for Ashley. I'm <laughs> Loki and Doctor Who. Two votes for Ashley and Dinu. <laughs> okay. I've just got this. Come back. I say that George Burns, uh, with a, uh, a twinkle in his eye and a puff on his cigar, sends Loki back to his own dimension, while Worf buries his bat left in Doctor Who's skull, waits for him to regenerate, buries it in the next skull, waits, buries it in the next skull. And I've got to vote for Worf and George Burns. Robert Ed. Uh, I, I think Doctor Who and Loki's British accents would trump Michael Dorn and, and George Burns' American, the dulcet tones of their American voice. There's just something more erudite about a British accent. And I think. How does uh, George Burns' cigar. Rob, how does George Burns' cigar figure into it? You know, I mean, like sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. <laughs> it drops to the floor. That's how it figures out. Yeah, yeah, Bond. Uh, I'll tell you who I'm going to worship as a god is the uh, WonderCon guy who's going to hold up the sign that says stop pretty soon. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'll go with uh, Loki and uh, uh, Doctor Who. And Kay, it looks like it's uh, Doctor Who kind of day. Yeah, i, I got to say the Doctor and Loki because it's just a lot more fun. Okay, great. Kal-El, so the winner uh, going to that. the finals is Doctor Who and Loki. So Ashley, your your little your guy Loki is doing pretty well. Better than he did in the Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Um, smarter. We now have Lincoln and Kirok. And Kirok. Lincoln and Kirok. I can see where this versus is going. Kal-El and uh, Coco Puffs. Well, I can't read that. Count Ibley. I need new glasses. Okay. Darren. Count Ibley sits on a throne of lies. <laughs> and uh, Kal-El pretty much does too. He he never tells the truth to anybody. They ask, hey Clark, are you Superman? He says, no. <laughs> so, you know, i got to go with the truth and the justice of Lincoln and Kirok. Ashley. Uh, I want to see Shatner fight Doctor Who. So I'm going to go with Lincoln and Kirok. <laughs> Chris Gossett. Lincoln Kirok. Steve Melcher. Well, we all know that Superman fights for truth, justice, and the American way. And who is more American than Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> the way I see it, Abraham, alien Abraham Lincoln and Kal-El team up to destroy the pretender gods and form a new alliance. 
Let's be clear. What I'm saying. Really exciting twist. I didn't expect that. That was fantastic. I'm gonna go with that new team. Yeah. Jeff and Kay, are you in? We got you, Allen and Lincoln. Unstoppable. Wow, that was awesome. Mr. President, you Indifferent, vindictive, insane on his face. Brought a tear. I vote for the superior oratory of Lincoln and Kirok. I am Kirok. And Kay. You changed the rules. Yeah, it was alter the deal. I thought I thought maybe because it wasn't spaceships that Star Trek wouldn't win something today, but how foolish you are, Kay. I was ready to go with Callum and County of because they are, I think, the perfect team, but Steve I gotta say also that we actually have a different team. Now we have three people because hello, Kirox the Native American, is he not? Oh. So it's all three of them. It's Kal-El, Abraham Lincoln, and Kira. <laughs> okay. Nikki, did you follow that? Yeah. Um, Kal-El. We need a flowchart for our flowchart. The inclusion of the new teams want to change their vote. I'm changing my vote to whoever wins. <laughs> Kalel, Kirok, and um, Lincoln. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Wait, that's not yeah. bad. <laughs> wow, this conversation has just become an international incident. <laughs> Steve, Steve, you were you were advocating for? Oh, uh, and, you know, Lincoln, Kalel, and Kirok. Yes, it's like a Roman triumvirate. It's like a law firm. What are you saying? <laughs> Lincoln, Kalel, and Kirok versus. In our final Okay, very good. It's our version of the Avengers. Okay. Okay, I think that is I think the audience is right. I think Doctor Who and Loki need a third well George Burns as God always appeared at the end of the Oh God movies to sort of show like whoever the main character was, like what he had learned. And kind of make things right. So I think that George Burns reappears as God. I'll second that. Okay, George Burns is God. He's gonna join Loki and Doctor Who. Wow. The ultimate tricksters win! To balance out the age difference. So now, this is it. To decide the winner, Doctor Who, Loki, and George Burns is God versus Kirok, Kal-El, and Lincoln in the most ridiculous Starship Smackdown ever. Uh, some quick points, we'll, and then we'll have the audience vote. Guys, well, I just want to point out that, that Kirok and Lincoln are from the third season of Star Trek, which is its worst season, and Superman 3, the third Superman movie, was terrible. Oh, God, you devil, was not so good. <laughs> well, that's okay, but I, I, I think that Doctor Who, Tom Baker's Doctor Who and Loki haven't, haven't had a misstep yet. That's right. And, and, so, and you know, uh, also, I just want to point out that what we're talking about here is irony versus no irony at all. Yeah. Steve <laughs> Melching, last point. Steve Melching, last point before we vote. Well, you know, Doctor Who may have the power of the TARDIS to travel to, through time, but we know Kal-El also has the ability to reverse time by uh, swirling the planet backwards. So, 
you know, I just don't see how the the British Empire can stand up against the Americana that is Lincoln, Kalel, and Kirok. George Burns. Okay, you've heard it from the experts. Now it's your time to vote. If you believe that Doctor Who, Loki, and George Burns <laughs> would win the Alien Armageddon slash Deity Damnation, Say Ask yourself who has the most case. No, you say okay. question. If you believe the winner would be Lincoln, Kirok, and Kalel, vote by signifying I. Wow, that's really close. That is close. I say whoever has the most K's wins. Uh, okay, let's do it again. Okay, a little louder. Doctor Who, Loki, and George Burns. Uh, George Burns. Okay, and now Kirok, Lincoln, and Kal-El. Sounds like we have our winner. We do? That was me. I'd find out. I'd say the other one. Um... Close. I, I couldn't tell. It's a tie. Everyone's a winner. The winner is Universal We're all winners! Ah. Thank you for coming. Show's over. Hopefully we'll see you at San Diego. There are a few uh, geeks left if you want to come pick some up. Thank you, and we'll see you in a couple of months. So that was it. Uh, so Marianne, what were your thoughts on the outcome? So I was actually kind of under the weather during this panel, I had a terrible migraine, so I wasn't able to be as vocal during it as I was the last time we saw them, but it was still hilarious. And I mean, if you're a fan of anything sci-fi-y, then you will really enjoy this and keep an eye out for it at Comic-Con this year. Do you, do you recall uh, what day? Is it is it generally on a specific day each year? It's usually on a Sunday, and it's usually one of the last few panels that are available. It's kind of like a wrap-up thing, one of those last little treats before you go home? Yep, pretty much. Cool. Well, that sounds like a fun thing to do. Um, well, I, I can't wait to uh, actually listen to it myself. So, so listeners, sort of you're listening to it before I did, even though I've already... Time is weird. Time is big ball of... Wibbly, wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah, it is. All right, so so that's about it. Uh, we'll we'll see you next time for uh, for a regular episode, uh, which we're about to record in our time right now. Time oh, is yeah. Hope you enjoyed this, and hope you'll enjoy the next one. So for Demi and Marianne Butler and the Starship SmackDown, uh, you know, cast and crew and everybody put, who put that together, thank you very much for all of this. And for everything geek pop culture, I'm Kevin Goswan, and this is Comics Online. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed in this podcast may not represent those of Comics Online, any participants, or any employers past, present, or future. If you would have thought otherwise without hearing this disclaimer, maybe you're not ready for this whole internet thing, much less Orion Slay Girls. Or maybe you're instead one of our smart and sexy fans who appreciate foul language, starship battles, biting sarcasm, and everything geek pop culture. If 
you have comments or questions for the Comics Online Podcasters, post on our Facebook page, tweet us on Twitter, or email us at podcast at comicsonline.com. All original material in this podcast copyright Comics Online. Going off like gamma bombs. Put your internet browser to comicsonline.com.